I guess we can start. I when I DM'd you drunk, I wrote like a bunch of random topics. Didn't you don't even know what they random topics? Uh, of course you don't. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I guess we can just start. And Ileana, this is your thing, so you can go. Yeah, and yeah, I mean, you'll it's very informal, like lack of preparation. I got you on that. And I think that that's like, because I shine when I improvise, but really it's because I. Yeah, I, we all like so. to lie and anyway. say that lie. Okay, well, <laughs> if, if you want to shine, go ahead. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll do my best. Okay. <laughs> Greetings and welcome to the Fisk Community Show. We are a group of internet randos brought together by a shared appreciation for lively discussion, considerate disagreements, and irreverent humor. Follow us on Twitter at Fifth Community. Find fellow seditionists by using the hashtag Fifthem, and follow the Fifthem Club on Clubhouse. And as always, in the words of Camille Foster, be brave, call bullshit. Welcome to another exciting installment of the Fifth Column Community Show. Uh, today I'm going to get straight to the point because I am joined by two extraordinary people, one of whom is much more extraordinary than the other. Um, <laughs> so I'm joined by Brad. Say hi, Brad. Hey there. And by Ben Dreyfus. That's right. Ben fucking Dreyfus. Hi, Ben. Hi. Hey, Ben. Thank you for having me. Um, yeah, so I'll, I'll start with why we have you. Um, so I, I DM'd you a couple days ago and was shit-faced and just asked you if you would come on here, it, not expecting that it would be read. Um, why are you here? Because I had nothing to do on Saturday. If you had said <laughs> Friday, I had to go. I had to go somewhere. But Saturday, I, I was all open. Okay. <laughs> also, <laughs> I love the fifth column, and I also like the uh, whenever I've gone on, I also like then go into the fifth column community and read it. And you know, I've like gotten, I've enjoyed sort of like, I've enjoyed the experience of being a part of the like fifth column meta universe. Are are you aware that that so you're aware that that exists? Of course, I have a lot of Google alerts set for my name. Uh, every time oh. something I know. I see. <laughs> But yeah, I always so I, tend to find them like later, and so I'll go in and see one person will be like, "This dumbest motherfucker alive. Why do you keep having him on?" But then there's other people that'll come on and be like, "No, I like it." And then you get to go through, and it's it's a fun little it's a fun little game. Yeah. So I, I don't know if I don't know if you're aware of how deep the like the weirdness of um, the podcast fandom runs. So as an example, um, when was it? Two weeks ago, when we were in Long Beach. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We, yeah. Yeah, so about tw 20 or 30 of us were in Long Beach at um, our friend Hylea, uh, her house for Shabbat dinner. Uh, Matt was there okay. with his with his family, um, and it was just like 20 listeners of the podcast, Matt and 
David this- Burge and Liz Wolf are oh, also yeah. there. Um, uh, yeah, no, so we were at this, uh, you know, Putin desk-sized table of this tiny Hasidic woman who was hosting Shabbat dinner for these people who are, you know, like mostly from the West Coast, but, you know, some, like Brad, had flown from the East Coast as well. Um, and it was it was very sweet and it was Best very moving. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I mean, it it's was not the kind first of time like, I've done it either. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, it was kind of weird. It, Matt was already in Long Beach for like an extended period and people knew that. And then the invitation went out and then people made themselves available. But it was, yeah, it was, was very sweet. Um, Did you fly into the Long Beach airport? LAX. Right. Yeah. No one ever yeah, flies into Long Beach. I don't even, I think JetBlue goes there maybe. It's not a popular airport. It's totally not convenient. Yeah, no. Uh, yeah, I looked into it, but no, it's just more expensive and yeah. So. Yeah, and from, but, from DC, anyway. it's hard to get there directly. So. LAX I live in easy. Idaho now. And so to get anywhere from Idaho is quite difficult. And so I have mm. no, no, no fucking, um, you know, empathy for your situation about how hard it is to travel from DC over there. to <laughs> fucking airports. <laughs> that actually makes me think of something so uh you mentioned the google alerts uh how often do you google yourself well because of the alerts i, I don't really have to um okay. so but it's just, i do just out of boredom once in a while you know when mm-hmm. like, it's like well let's just do a check and especially when i was like a, a number of years ago before there was so much bullshit about me on the internet it used to be a little different but now you kind of have to go a little deeper into the into the pages to find anything anything new <laughs> well yeah cuz on the first page is is ben Dreyfus shits on idaho or something right yeah yeah that was a, that was the most recent internet drama i think i was really a part of <laughs> it, was, it was very sexy drama um, okay so we, i i as i mentioned to you i've a load of random topics that we might hit or might not. Um, I've begun drinking, so who knows what will happen. But um, so have I. Yeah. But actually, Brad, before we get into uh, into your topics, and I just ask, um, what the hell are you doing in Idaho? Like, what have you been doing for the past year? Um, like, how yeah, are you, man? It's a good question. <laughs> um, I was, I'm from LA originally, but when my parents got divorced in the early nineties, my mom moved us to this ski resort here. Um, so it's where I grew up actually. And she's still here. And my brother came back for COVID. And then after a year of being in New York, uh, sort of isolated in my apartment, mm-hmm. uh, I was like, why am I spending like, so much money on this apartment? I'm never leaving. And mm-hmm. I'd have made this like plan to move to Los Angeles. And I was like, but first I'll go to Sun Valley and, you know, spend some time while I wait for COVID to end. And then of course COVID took longer to end than one would expect. And there was various things that went on here that kept me here. And really it's sort of, it. I never expected it to be that I was still here. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's that's kind of how it goes. Like you go to a place, think it will be temporary, and then like years pass, and oh. I'm yeah, I mean, what there. what really happened is is that like I might as well just I've also started drinking, so I might as well just overshare all of this, like I traditionally have on the fifth column. But I'll basically, when I got here, was I was like, well, you know, I'm just gonna spend some time, 
And since I grew up here, I, it's a fairly small community. And so I went out to the bars one night and ran into this girl that had gone to a different high school than me here, but who I vaguely remembered. And we, you know, hit it off. And mm. he was dating someone at the time. Oh, she'd been dating them for six years, apparently. And I, she said to me, like, just so you know, I have a boyfriend. And I said, oh, well, that's okay. You know, maybe he'll get sick and die. Maybe he'll, <laughs> maybe he'll get cancer. And which is a very dark joke. Just a little bit of small, small talk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then she <laughs> found it funny and eventually ended up breaking up with him. And so then we were together and that was why I was still here. And then, of course, she and I broke up. And so now I'm sort of reviled uh, down as well for breaking up this person's relationship. And <laughs> oh, wow. If, if you could see okay. Ileana on video, she'd be smiling for a reason that is related. But uh, <laughs> yeah, okay, I'll, I'll try. I'll, I'll get frozen again. But, you know, let me just try one more time. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, you and uh, you and Brad have more in common than either of you knew. <laughs> say about that. <laughs> yeah, there's gonna be a, be a very long beep here, but. Um... <laughs> uh, where, where in Idaho are you? Uh, in Sun Valley. Okay. okay. So cool. it's the one part of Idaho that like isn't a lot like the rest of Idaho, which is which is what that when you Google mm. me, it says like Ben Drive District on Idaho. It's filled with people who are from the rest of Idaho and who are really got really mad at me for complaining about supply chain issues here. And mm -hmm. the lo local Idaho press freaked out of like, oh, this rich little bitch moved to Sun fucking Valley to complain about how long it takes to get Amazon packages. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have I have like similar I have fantasies about moving to like Idaho or Wyoming or somewhere that is seems remote. Um, I don't I don't know I've never been to Sun Valley so I don't know how remote it actually is. But yeah, yeah. I mean it's not it's not that remote. It's not like it's not like it's not like the Unabomber lives here or anything like that. There's a lot of like <laughs> that you know. Yeah, that I know of. He probably didn't live that far away, but. Um, yeah, it's it was still I was upset that like when I when I moved back here, I had to buy a comforter is what set it off. And I had to I went to like the one comforter store in this fucking valley and they were like seven hundred dollars. And I was like, yeah, I'm not buying a seven hundred dollar comforter. And it turned then like to order on Amazon was going to take a week and a half. And I freaked out. And so instead, I drove like one hundred and twenty miles to go to the nearest Bed Bath and Beyond. And mm -hmm. this saga is what got me. <laughs> Hated by the Idaho press. Okay, yeah. So, so okay. So here's some uh, some tips for. I mean, I live north of Seattle, so like I don't have problem with Amazon packages. But I would check the neighborhood Facebook groups of where mm. you live. Those are a gold mine. Um, yeah, I, I mean, you don't really need these tips from me, but it's just you know. Well, also, I mean, I've I've entered into this whole world where, like, then I I, I joined all these fucking like neighborhood Facebook groups, right? You did, um, okay. And like immediately, there was one of them that was, it was this group where like the locals in this NIMBY town were complaining. They were just taking photos of bad parking jobs that they saw, and they oh were all gosh, like, yeah. applaud, like, oh, look at this idiot tourist. And there was thousands of people in it. Like literally everyone that I know in this town was in that group. And I just <laughs> thought it was so stupid. I'm not a very good driver. 
but then I started to like troll the group and was thrown out. <laughs> and so, like, you were, then, oh, wow. Are you serious? People were like, then like friends of mine, like I was having breakfast a few days ago in this restaurant and this guy I hadn't seen in 10 years came up to me and was like, Ben, nice to see. You. I, 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 you know, I, I thought you might be here. Are you like keeping your head down? And I, I heard you were canceled and I was like, yeah, I've been canceled for lots of reasons. Which one are you talking about though? Like on a national cancellation, <laughs> like local cancellation, Idaho cancellation or the town was it? And he was like, oh, it's because of that trolling of that Facebook group. And I was like, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's like the most salient cancellation in your career. Yeah. Clearly. Yeah. <laughs> but it yeah. was funny because I really didn't know which one to talk about. I was like, is this, are you talking about from journalism or when Idaho got mad or when Sun Valley got mad? <laughs> <laughs> well, the most local cancellation is probably the only one that matters, I would imagine. Right. Mm. Um, yeah, that I, I actually worry about that with this podcast occasionally because I'm always drunk, but hasn't happened yet. But um, oh, you know. Well, I mean, the first time I went on the fifth column is the time that I it was sort of my most infamous appearance on it. <laughs> I listened to and, that today. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> like. Which I got very drunk on, like like so drunk that some of it's cut off, like you know, and like all, I, all of it. Yeah, like <laughs> and I'm like interrupting everyone, like, yeah. <laughs> and, and I remember that like I had said right before that that I was like, yeah, you know, like we'll we'll promote it also on Mother Jones, like we'll have all that, and then the next day I remember being like, I don't even remember a lot of this podcast. I better not inform my bosses about it. <laughs> <laughs> and have all this stuff. Yeah, there's like seven cuts at the end, and it ends with you saying, "By the way, I have one eye," and then it just ends. <laughs> it's, oh it's, it's amazing. Um, okay, so I, 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 I know we've started, but um, so I, keeping up with current events, there have been m- missile attacks in Erbil, in Iraq. By the on a U.S. Air Force base, um, that is very specific, but um, is is r- related to the general grimness of that it feels like this moment is. Um, so I want to ask you, what is what makes you happy and is bringing you joy right now? Because it's it's particularly grim on At this exact moment. It's it's the it's the maker's mark. Um, <laughs> I, I don't, um, I mean, in, to, to your actual point, like, well, I didn't know about, I didn't know we were back in trouble in Iraq as well. Yeah, <laughs> like, this is another war kicking off. Uh, or not, well, or not. At least that's one where we'll get the oil, but, um, yeah, you know, like, we have to lower some Silver linings. like that. <laughs> um, I think that like, so basically like, you know, this, this stuff, the you not the Ukraine, we're not allowed to call it that anymore. Ukraine, no the, mm-hmm. is, you know, quite, you know, scary. And it's very sad, all these videos and everything like that. And it's hard to keep a stiff upper lip about, like, all of that. I will say, though, that, like, and there's, like, a Substack post that I was supposed to publish this week about it, but haven't because I haven't really been able to, I haven't been, I felt like I haven't been trying to explain my my thought process very well. And so I'm, like, re- keep mm-hmm. regretting it. But is that, we spent the last seven years, especially, but really sort of more than that, like 13 or 14, maybe even like 20 years, if you're about to 9-11, sort of domestic politics-wise and get engaged in these like idiotic sort of internecine culture wars, um, and which have gotten like increasingly escalated, right, to the point of where 
if Trump is going to win, it's a bullet in the head, you know, like, like blow my brains out, you know, like, yeah. and, and yeah. the right feels that way about Biden and everything like that. And that on some level, there is something very nice and like clarifying about recognizing what is good about pluralism. Like we're not like Russia, you know, like there's all these problems that we're all bickering about all the time. It's, it's, it's important. Like no one's saying that politics isn't important, but like, at least it, it's not, you know, it's good yep. that we can all disagree. And that actually it's not catastrophic. The world isn't going to end. What's, what's bad is living next to fucking Vladimir Putin. <laughs> that He'll come in and, you know, kill yeah. all these people. Yeah. If, I mean, if you disagree with him, you mysteriously fall out of your balcony. Right. 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 Uh, with polonium whereas, up you your know, ass. Mm. Right. It just it just got there, you know, because aliens. But yeah. <laughs> uh, here, you know, like you, you can disagree and you might get, I know, kicked out of your neighborhood Facebook group, but that's right. like relatively small potatoes. Yeah. Right. Like it's also true, like a political violence in general. Like I know that one one time, like 10 years ago or something, Ezra Klein was canceled for saying that we don't have political violence in America because then, of course, the left was like, oh, yeah. Have yeah. you ever thought about police killings and stuff? And he then spent forever uh, trying to explain, I didn't mean it like that. What I meant was when people lose elections, they don't kill the other person, um, right. which seemed pretty self-evident. But like he still had to, to grapple with this like bad faith reading of it. And like, it's a good point. Like aside from, you know, obviously the 60s and then various like, obviously there's like George Tiller and there's there's rare cases of this stuff. But like in general, it's it's less people shouldn't have it at catastrophic i'll have a nervous breakdown and blow my brains out if the electoral college goes the other way so yep. so so the thing that is bringing you joy is that the political violence is not terrible yeah is that it's fair <laughs> it's it's rarer here but also i mean having said that the other reason i haven't published this point is because uh i don't know that like it's harder to say like i I would like I would like this to be something that's recognized, right? That like this is a moment of unity for liberal democracies to go, actually, look, the good part about being a liberal democracy is we do disagree and sometimes we lose and sometimes we win and blah, 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 blah. But that actually, like, I don't think anyone has any intention of recognizing that as like some sort of unifying moment. It's not gonna actually like de-escalate anything. <laughs> So, so why why is that? I know you uh, like you wrote a little bit about the um, like the 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 social media war between okay. Russia and Ukraine, uh, and uh, yeah, I mean, I I you know I don't have like a history of following this particular media very closely for you know many no, years. Like right, you no do. one does. We're all everyone's lying about having a specific history. right. Sure. Um, but also, like, okay, I'm, I'm gonna, you know, I'm going, I'm gonna issue like my own personal claim to fame. So I am from Romania, and I was seven during the 1989 revolution, right? Which is like the famous "the revolution will be televised" thing, right? And uh, yeah, you know, it was, and I did watch it as a seven-year-old. Um, it seems to be like what's happening now, right now, like the, you know, information, disinformation, propaganda, or it's like on a completely different level from anything we've seen right. before. Yeah, like what, 
I mean, my sister is like a is like a serious studier of the disinformation in a way that like uh-huh. sometimes we disagree about it a lot because like she thinks it's it's a real existential crisis, right? Um, that like Q and all of the things that have been going on, but now that like it's like her answer to the question of what is wrong with the world is that is is disinformation and misinformation oh, and like i'm more of like a facebook apologist like <laughs> that like in general like you know there's always been this is all somewhat looking for a reason to explain stuff um but that like yeah it's surreal reading these stories about people talking to their families in russia and stuff who are you know don't believe I was reading one today about, you know, someone who lived in Ukraine that was like, I've literally shown my aunt in Russia a photo of my blown up home. And that that woman has said to me, no, that's not your home. And wow. she was like, it is my home. <laughs> like, it, it's, I live here. And I think that, I don't know, I mean, obviously it's on a, it's on a, another extreme level. There's, I was working on this book um, last year that has sort of got taken a backseat, but as part of it, it was a book about, you know, how our culture wars through the internet had sort of ruined all of our lives and made us all sad all the time for no mm-hmm. particular reason and like no utility. And I was looking up as a part of a book proposal, you have to find other titles like it, you know, yeah. and do like yeah. that research. And I found this title on Amazon called, I think it was called Meme War. Um, huh. And I was like, that's an interesting title. So I bought it. And then it turned out it was quite literally about like how ISIS tricks people into being in wars. <laughs> Interesting. And I was like, oh, they're taking it on a quite literal level. Like, <laughs> this, right. is, this isn't the existential like anxiety that I mean it as by. Um, but yeah, I, I don't really know. I think that it is all getting worse. But at the same time, like on a on a like the difference between disinformation and misinformation, right? Where like disinformation is intentionally trying to get you to walk into getting fucked by a tree or something and other people are just accidentally (laughs) genuinely thinking you should get fucked by a tree like it's is that that is the definition yeah (laughs) (laughs) like in general like i've always i always remember once iphones came out this very surreal moment that i had in a bar where someone i knew vaguely you know like i I hadn't seen in, in a decade told me that they had worked for, they were like working for the New Yorker. And I remember looking at them and thinking like, no, you don't. And I had an iPhone and pulled it out and Googled it. And they actually worked for Sky Magazine, which is still a very <laughs> reputable thing, but like they had lied. Sure. They had decided to, they had decided to, to amp it up. Uh-huh. And like what we all learned with smartphones was that suddenly you couldn't just casually lie about everything in, in yeah. a bar. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, mean, I, 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 I miss that overall, so much. Probably less lying going on than before. <laughs> yeah, I miss I miss that so much. Like the, I, I mean, I'm how old are you? I'm 35. How, how old am I? 30, I'm 35 too. Yeah, I, I I miss like the being a kid and have someone talk shit and have to like ride your bike to the library to like if it actually right. mattered. Well, I mean, that's the thing is, like, you used to be able to say whatever you want. If you said it convincingly, what are they going to do? Fucking write it down and go to look at an Encyclopedia Britannica? Like, they're they're not going to remember that. (laughs) I'm not not 
joking. That's what I was going to say. So like, you know, post-communist Romania, we didn't have libraries, but uh, but I did have a computer and a Britannicon CD-ROM, right. so that's what I would do. <laughs> and it was like, you know, five years outdated, but whatever. Yeah. <laughs> like, it was something. Yeah, the, his- yeah. the history had been updated in the meantime. But. <laughs> Just a little bit. It, well, it is always yeah. funny, like, when you go in, you know, sometimes you'll go into a bar, well, before COVID, I, maybe, maybe all these bars were shut, I don't know, but like, when you would go into a bar, like, they would have little trivia games for you, so you could grab, like, Trivial Pursuit, and we'd all play it while we're drunk mm-hmm. and they were always inevitably from 1977 or something and sure. so it, it would have things that like predated the shuttle the, the like the, the space shuttle and you'd be like yeah. this technically doesn't i don't care what it says we do have a way of landing a fucking thing back again <laughs> is your is your stepmom russian yes Yes. Are there complications there? Like, does she have interesting views about what is happening? My stepmother, Svetlana, um, came from the USSR to Boston in the late 80s. And my stepsister, um, Casey, was like four or five, I think, when that happened. Um, And so, like, they clearly didn't love it that much. Like, they, they, they took the time of like going and coming all the way to America without speaking the language and doing all these things to Boston. But it's, tr- it's true that like Santa culturally has a pro Russian tendency that has, I huh. have, we've never agreed on <laughs> like, okay. And I have not spoken to them in the last two weeks, but mm. I do know that, um, mm. Normally, I would say that in the previous iterations of Russia done bad, which have been increasing over the last decade or something like that, that it has been, you know, she she watched it. She's one of the few Americans, I think, who, well, I mean, she's an American citizen now, but like she's one of the few Russian people who actually did watch Russia today. You okay. know, like interesting. And I think like, now she's she's probably you know, very upset that they they closed it down. And and I don't know, though. I know that my dad has always sort of walked the line a little more delicately with her because obviously they're married. But I, I think that um, I think that having not spoken to him, I would imagine that if they do have a different, if she it has what lots of Russian people have, which is some weird thoughts about all this stuff, that it's probably become a much more difficult line for him and her to not argue about the last few mm. weeks. Yeah. I, I would have. <laughs> I, um, I was briefly friends with uh, actually a Russian-Ukrainian couple that I met uh, in a childbirth class like 10 years ago. Um, and uh, like we were, you know, still friendly uh, during the Crimea you know, Um, and I, you know, like I didn't directly ask her, but it came up and she was Russian. He was Ukrainian, but he was actually from one of those separatist regions. Right. Uh, and they were both like very staunchly pro-Russian, like, no, Crimea is not, it's not a thing. It's not a country. Yeah. That's part of Russia. It's always been. I was like, huh. Okay. Um, yeah, that's kind of interesting. Like, I feel like most Romanians who emigrated before, you know, the fall of communism, they they were very like anti-Romanian even and they I feel like they retained that mostly. Yeah. But like my feeling is that like among Russian emigres, 
the uh, like the idea of national greatness and the pride in being like the center of the Soviet yeah. world that did a lot and so it's hard for I think it's hard for people to like reject even I think that, that I think that like that's exactly how you just put that describes mm. my stepmother that like she had no yeah. particular affection for communism you know like like that so what she did not like the bread lines from her childhood but the national greatness part is just part of like she of being you know proud of even though she didn't like the system of it and then there's this weird stuff that Putin gave back to them about that that Comkins I went to Latvia a few years ago to uh-huh to give like a speech about journalism that I didn't do very well at. Like I, I they didn't, we, it, but I like went and spent a week in Latvia. And I remember talking to this girl, this journalism student, and she was like interviewing me for like the local Latvian paper or whatever. Mm-hmm. And about like American journalists comes to talk. And um, <laughs> she was, I, I, I like asked her about, you know, it was after, it was 2017 or something so already we weren't great friends with russia the united states like there there but like i asked her about like because one of the things i noticed in latvia was that like the streets looked for like they were made you know for a city for a population that didn't exist anymore because they were made like like for all, all these russians that were there when they were being held by the soviets and she told me that she started to cry and she said that her grandparents hated russia like her grandparents had hated Russia more than anything because they've been occupied by it, you know, for Mm -hmm. forever. And that her actual parents though, came of age in the nineties when life was just difficult without Russian stuff. And they, her parents were pro-Russia, were were really sort of longing for this grass is always greener idea that they had never really personally experienced. And she she was like a young, young like wokeish type person who really didn't like russia but yeah. she also was like it, it had created a falling out with her and her actual parents and had brought her and her grandparents really close and that there was this weird generational divide exactly like you're talking about that like the ones who hadn't experienced it like her parents just really had this weird bizarre stuff about it but her actual grandparents were like we hate we hate Russians. <laughs> like they, 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 they were awful. And I, I always think about yeah. that girl, like, and how broken up she was say, explaining it to me. Yeah. That, yeah. That's, it's so, it's like, it's super similar. Like my, my grandparents who were young adults when the second world war started, they had grown up in this like extremely cosmopolitan, capitalistic, free, fairly libertine, like period between the wars. Uh, whereas my parents, they were born in 48 and 49. So all they knew was communism. Right. And they were, you know, always like, you know, dissidents, intellectuals, whatever. But um, but but there is like a certain understanding of what it means to live in a liberal society that my folks, even though they're highly educated, extremely pro-Western, they never had. But to my grandparents, that was natural. Because of yeah. course, they'd always, they'd had all these relationships with people of different ethnicities, like... They would go gambling, uh, you know, like, um, you know, fashion was an interest, all of these things that my parents never got to experience. It's just like, yeah, it's the interesting gap there. Romania like, so was Ceausescu, yeah. right? Correct. Yeah. My dad tells the story about how, like, in the 80s when he was quite famous, um, he and my mom. Who's your dad? Went on some, <laughs> right. <laughs> my, he, he, he and my mom went on some, like, tour of 
Eastern Europe and uh, like went to Romania at one point and were greeted by the military basically like you know the like the the local com- communist blah 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 Holy and shit. okay the person they were all doing it yeah like my dad didn't know much about any of this basically but they all they all tell the story about how right before they left this person who they were like shaking hands on this line said like what the fuck are you doing here that this is wow. a terrible place take us with like 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 take me with like like and my dad went oh my we should probably look into the politics of what's going on here (laughs) and it was all like it was really like it was one of it's one of those things where like that and i I could just sort of imagine him being like you know like oh yeah and then the person quite like they didn't they didn't hand them a note but basically it was that of like wink wink look Yes. This is awful. <laughs> this oh my is god! Tell the West. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah, it's like uh, it's it's like Jonestown, right? I'm sorry. This is my yeah. four-year-old. Yeah, it's just like standing Adorable. there Hi, trying Shushu. to send a message. This is my four-year-old. So you had dogs Hi. in the background. This is Shushu. Shushu, this Hi. is Brad. Shushu, says, I'm on a call, my love. I wanted you to <laughs> put in something. Ask Mira. Ask Mira. Okay, you gotta ask Mira. Okay, sorry. She has a competent older sister, but only I can perform certain duties. Uh, Okay, maybe I'll go do that. uh, But, Brad, do you want to ask Ben about Mother Jones? And I'm gonna go. You guys can talk about that. I'll be right back. If you give Shushu the headphones so so she can engage, um, no, no, she just wants to watch Octonauts. Sorry. Hi, Shushu. I know you can't hear me. Okay, be right back. Children are adorable. Yeah. Especially when you don't have to deal with them in in a serious way. You could just deal with them in this moment, for me. Yeah. Look at them in this passing novelty. Yeah, again, a beep is coming in here, but... Actually, no, let's stick with Ukraine for a second. Are you finding, like, the social media aspect of this war, which feels like a very gross thing to say. Um, interesting. Like Ukraine, Ukraine side is crushing it. Yeah, that's true. And like, th- there's weird things that, that's, that feel like remnants of the Trump era. Like the, the, there's sm- like small things like on Twitter, the branding of everyone as Russia state media. Right that that feel similar but are concerned I mean, concerning in an abstract way but like you ukraine is crushing it so hard yeah which, again i need to stress that this is a very gross point to make but right because i mean i guess like what it, i guess like one of the things is like does it matter ultimately when bombs are falling you know like how many retweets they're getting but then it turns out that actually like probably the sanctions are stronger because of, you know, not in the United States, I think, but like because of Germany, like, like Germany probably was quick, quicker to sign up for a lot of this because there were people screaming at them in parliament mm-hmm. or not parliament. I don't know what the fuck Germany has, but the right. Is that it? Yeah. Like whatever, whatever it is like, um, I do think it's also interesting that like, I mean, I don't think that any of it means that Ukraine's going to somehow win this militarily right like it's probably not but it does mean that so to look at it from the domestic lens which is sort of the 
only way I feel like actually it does sort of have to, to move it back from like the, the gun, the, the actual deaths a bit. Like yeah. it's interesting watching them the way that it's played out because like in the United States today, and for the last three weeks or something like that, aside from some lunatics from the left and the right, like Glenn Greenwald and Donald Trump, like, you know, like there have for been example. largely like an agreement about what should happen, right? Like we should support Ukraine and we should do sanctions and we should give aid, but also we're not going to nuclear war. Like, like there's no, we're not doing, we're not, no one wants this to escalate. Like Biden is right. Right. Like, and like, the, and like, to be honest, like it even covers like, you know, most of the Republicans, except for the wackiest ones and most of the Democrats, except for it, that like, they're not good. No one wants a nuclear war here. Mm-hmm. So they're going to do everything they can up to that point. But because of that, it sort of limited the discussions, the disagreements that you can have. And our entire politics system in the United States is like the media about it is dedicated on the United States and these disagreements being the most important part that like and it goes back i think to like the fall of the soviet union right where like you have every country every democracy has these things where they there's this fake idea that if only the democracy decides to do it then nothing can stop an idea whose time has come you know like like really what matters is the disagreements internally and so that then basically you can have in normal times the left can hate the right for not having the right healthcare system because like if only america would agree to do the right healthcare system we could solve it and the right can hate the left for i don't really know what the right cares about but like stopping trans kids or whatever i don't like like, like, and that like in reality there's the like area for disagreement here is quite small it's about what sanctions to do you know it's like what exact type of it and most people don't know that much about whether we should leave Swift and shit. Like, so you yeah. end up with this, what like, that is. right. Like literally like none of us, that, like <laughs> none of, us, no, people Swift, are, of course. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and like, so basically you have people still looking for disagreements. So you have like the morning shows on Sunday did this shit where like, they were like, what about a no fly zone? And everyone oh, yeah, yeah. Said, like, mm-hmm. don't want it. Like <laughs> we're not going to shoot down the plane. No, no, it sounds great. Yeah, it's, it's, like, not, it's don't not, let the Russian push. planes there. Yeah. yeah, if we had a button that you could just magically push, but also if that button existed, Russia probably would have pushed it to stop our planes. Like, like yeah. everyone, you don't have to shoot anyone down. But like because of that, it sort of entered this weird place where like there's this uncomfortable consensus for the first time in a while of like, well, everyone, there's nothing for a lot of people like in the United States, like the retweets of people going like, oh. Every tweet about every tweet about this stuff always there's always those ones that say like retweet if you agree yeah. from the yeah. like, those awful like exploitative con artists. But like there's literally nothing if you're just like a citizen of the United States and you hold the same opinion that I do and most people do, which is like we should do everything we can up to avoiding war, direct war with Russia. Yeah, um, and, and it's not and we're not in, we're not actually involved. But, right. And like, if you, but if you do believe that the government's already doing that, like, yeah. like that's, that's like democracy is working in the United States, you know, like it's, it's this rare, rare part. So there's no reason for me to retweet, to try to get some congressman to do it. They're all doing fine. Yeah. And, right. but right. we're not accustomed to that. And so there's this weird, like, mm, and then I, I do wonder about like how that'll play out when not to be like dark, but like assuming that inevitably 
Russia militarily defeats the government of Ukraine because they yeah. have a quite large military. And that then there's a government in exile, essentially, or some sort of insurrection um, that like that then you'll have people sort of blindly retweeting things that about how we're supposed to support those insurrections, but from where and how does that then spiral out into war these terrifying situations that that's where I, I wonder if like social media, because social media, social media basically makes everyone look like their gun is loaded with more bullets than it is. Right. That like, no matter what opinion mm. I would have in an argument, I can find some 10,000 people to retweet it and say, and, and then you'll go, oh, that's the consensus. And I think yeah. it's had really bad effects on the Democratic Party, like in domestic politics. But it's also like, I wonder like how dangerous it is when it becomes international stuff. Mm-hmm. And there's there's actual lives on the line. Um, like you saw it already with them being like bullying, trying to bully <laughs> Um, about the MIGs in Poland, like yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I don't really yeah, know. I don't know what the MIGs should happen with that, but I know that I and the mob shouldn't decide it. Like, <laughs> like yeah. it might be like if it's going to risk nuclear war, we should. I don't know. Yeah, the amount of thought, so, thought I've given to MIGs is fairly slim. Right, they weren't even MIGs in Top Gun. They were actually like F F sevens or F. Yeah. they were old like old Boeing's or some shit. <laughs> So, do you so still like do, what? do you still identify as a Democrat? Sorry, I'm I'm gonna I'm going to step on you. Go ahead, go ahead, Brett. There, Sorry, be, because I do. this is this is because this is I fifth, do. This is a fifth column adjacent podcast. Um, <laughs> it ostensibly over indexes for libertarians who are insane. Well, I mean, honestly, the fifth column is sort of like one of was the pill to me that sort of did open me up a bit to libertarianism. Me too. Like, like the group of like, like I, I, I do identify as a Democrat and like, I was a Joe Biden Democrat. Like I'm, I'm a centrist Democrat, but I used to think at one point in my life when I went to work at Mother Jones that I was like on the left of the party. And then I learned over the eight years that I was very much not. not. <laughs> not, on, not on the left. And then I found myself being like, wait, I actually like disagree with a bunch of this shit. And um and everybody on the fifth column was sort of like some of the, they were also like sort of instrumental in me thinking more about ways in which I did disagree and started to like mm-hmm. think about reason more, you know, and like you know, especially like with all the I, I particularly on like housing it had become like a very like libertarian. And I also think that like there's a lot of weird regulations that we all have and a lot of weird bullshit that goes on. But I, I do uh I do think that the the I would never be a libertarian because libertarian votes don't matter and, and like they're just a small Preach. right. But like Gosh. I do like <laughs> I do think that like honestly, like I have become way more embarrassingly more libertarian mm-hmm. on issues than I would have ever expected five years ago or 10 years ago or whatever. I mean, look, as a card-carrying member 
Right. You know, my five dollars a month goes towards outfitting right. uh, presidential candidates with shoes for their heads, with boots for their heads. <laughs> right. Yes. And, I, you know, I'm fully aware of that. But, uh, yeah, look, we're, we're not we're not all insane. You know, no, I mean, that's the thing. A little idealistic, what's your, what's your evidence? For that? I do think that that's right, though. Like what you just said is like I used to think that like libertarians were insane. And actually what it is is that actually like, I am a lot of libertarian. Like there's a lot. Oh, there's. As a school of thought, it actually like there's a lot of it that appeals to me for the like the realities of American politics. It's not something that like, but like I used to think that libertarians were lunatics. <laughs> that, yeah, like, it's that that that's the belief that like has changed about me entirely. It was that not only are they not lunatics, but actually there's quite a lot I agree with them about. I still think I still think they are. I mean, I, I, in, a way, in a way, I think they're cr- they're crazier. I mean, as I'm more sympathetic to them, because it, it's amazing how easily they lose on points that, and I'm being deliberately provocative to Ileana because she's a libertarian. Um, <laughs> but like, yeah, it, it's, I, like, I, I agree with them more, but it's like, you, you could have such easy victories here. Like, why are you making it so hard for yourself? But could you have easy victories? I mean, to be honest, it seems like actually like the problem for libertarians is that Republicans, Democrats, the one thing that they actually sort of agree about is that for their own given issue, they're fine with large statist sort of <laughs> like things like each each yeah. of them have different things. But like there that, aren't that's fairly new, though. At least it feels like I mean, it, it yeah, feels like, like that's a change the, in, in my the, lifetime. Well, I might be like a post Reagan type thing for the for the Republicans to be so like explicitly in favor of big government. Um, right. Yeah. I mean, Trump obviously supercharged that. Yeah. And like compassionate yeah. conservatism was a bit of it. But like, yeah, but Trump, but Trump also like he's the as far from libertarian as you can be. Like, yeah, for sure. <laughs> but they love him. But do they? I mean, I think like. <laughs> I mean, I know that a lot of them are from, but yeah, do they I actually, yeah, like I actually feel like the libertarian sort of broke with one of the the fissures with it was with Trump, that like he actually sort of was like, you saw it with these weird things about like, remember, and this is like a time machine back to like the weirdest years from five years ago, but like the Muslim ban and shit like that. Like there was a lot of yeah. like, also, I mean, he, Trump, I always think that this is sort of a, this is sort of has nothing to do with what we're talking about, but like, I've always thought that it's sort of weird that the one thing I've respected the Republican party for ha- like having a, a being right about something was free trade. And then like yes. Trump got the, yeah. Stop being free Oh trade. yeah. Like that's the one issue, like in my lifetime that they were right and the Democrats were wrong. Like yeah. <laughs> and then like now, now they're not even that. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I totally agree. And I think like really the problem with like libertarianism as a political philosophy is that it really is uh you know uh socially liberal fiscally conservative and that's i mean speaking for myself that's totally true but there there really isn't a place where it is acceptable to have both it's like the muslim bat muslim ban awful on principle the uh you know the the protectionism awful on practical terms yeah um but you can't like there's no place where you can espouse both and be taken because one must automatically negate the other. Right. Um, totally. Yeah. 
so you know it's the duopoly that's the problem that's my that's my take that's why we can't get any victories well it's on heads i think it's yeah i think it's sort of that like libertarians are just sort of on principle anti things like there's there's less of a right pro argument um it feels like it's easier to argue in favor of something like the the anti stuff like the anti part is what i agree with actually and I, I find but like at the same time, if you look at both of these parties, like the actual Republican agenda, like a GOP agenda, is virtually the only things that it's pro for are tax cuts, really, and like mm-hmm. you know some little things. Like, but and the Democrats also like increasingly, though they have a lot of stuff they want to do, they're not very good at arguing for it, and no. they're also mostly just good about like whining about corporations and nonsense like 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 they're also anti at their heart like yeah we're all all three of us are vaping right now and yet yeah. there yeah. was this moral panic right? by this agreed upon moral panic where they were going to just stop everyone from vaping <laughs> yes, I, I have to walk to a store about a mile away i can't like go to jewel.com anymore in a way that's, no, that's good because this stuff like what i'm using now is better i, I actually don't understand how that works uh, are you using a jewel? Wait, wait. Can you not like do do like internet websites not deliver to DC? They because uh, well, like I, don't I think get they all deliver. that shit online. Yeah, well, no, it's it's very weird. Like the major companies, like I actually I'll, I will live fact check myself. I don't think <laughs> Jewel delivers anymore. Like at I, all? I think I think the the postal service can't do it. No, not they did. Jewel, I mean, but obviously, they like can. for years, Jewel every month would send me another like pack of cotton candy or whatever the fuck they were <laughs> like before those were stopped yeah I, it, it stopped for a while like now i have to get like bottles of green apple flavored shit but i have yeah. to go to the equivalent of whatever a dc like vape bodega is but yeah. the batteries no, but are better are... and the flavors better so it, it's sort of worked yeah. out <laughs> yeah also, like I mean, in washington like, state I... you can get like i can order online from like and I think it depends on like there some some states can send to other states but not others, if I understand correctly. Right. Uh, but I get all of my shit online. I don't. I, don't I mean, live I in used a state, to be like so I got hooked on on Jewel because I had smoked for forever, and then like finally like I wanted to quit for so long, and then finally like in 2018, Jewel did like can get me you know and it, and it worked and i'm so grateful to it actually because like mm-hmm. i really didn't want to die of lung cancer like yeah. <laughs> like yeah there was and that's like- why I, I actually like hate i hate the the moral outrage about vaping so much because like it's definitely it's definitely causing people to smoke more like and smoking is actually quite bad like <laughs> yeah totally so is that is that like a relic of puritanism? Like why why is it like why are these Insane. types of moral panics so easy and they just like glom onto people? Yeah, people I mean I don't know. I was day. reading that thing. Did you read that story about how like it all started with this one rich man in like San Francisco who was like a billionaire and who yeah, there yeah. it was like a story in New York Mag or something like a year ago, but it was about like the original dude who started the like anti-vaping thing it was because like a jewel showed up at his daughter's school mm-hmm. and he then poured yeah. hundreds of millions of dollars into like all of this stuff and then like destroyed you know jewel in part like did yeah. all of it and like honestly like that dumb shit idiot man has blood on his hands yeah well of course like a lot of it yeah yeah like, <laughs> yes absolutely uh. it's really bizarre 
Yeah, I, yeah, I, I don't understand that at all. I mean, I'm, I'm the same. I smoked for like, I don't know, ten years or so, and there were there was some there was like an article on like Engadget or Gizmodo or something <laughs> about like this thing, and I just ordered it, and it just worked perfectly. Like I, I've had like two cigarettes since. And oh, like I avoided it way after that. It was literally someone I was dating who was doing who was jeweling, and I used to have to go down to smoke a cigarette, and she would be able to smoke like jewel in in the apartment. And yeah. I then like, well, I guess I'll take a drink. Well, I guess actually I do like this. And actually, oh my god, wait, I don't need to smoke. Like it. Yeah. it well, it's not. It sexy. actually like like it, it, it's like you're <laughs> I mean, especially the people with like the giant rigs. You don't see them as much anymore. Yeah. But right. it, it's, like, it's like they're, they're it's like they're blowing Terminator. Um, <laughs> like the batteries have gotten better, but there is something thrilling and transgressive about like doing it in a movie theater, you know. And you're like, mm, I know as long as I'm not underneath the beam, no yeah. one's gonna see it. Like yeah. I, I, was, oh, totally. I always get window seats on flights, um, specifically for vaping reasons. Sorry that there's these dogs. If you can hear them barking, no, that, that's good. Dog, dogs and children are welcome, but it, it's it's easiest to vape in like against the window. Oh, right. So that's how you do it. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But also, I mean, it is, they do always, it's also like, what's the argument? Like, I know that it says you're not supposed to vape, but there is no actual real science reason not to vape on a plane. Like, it's just fucking vapor. Wait, and it's like, don't don't tamper with the smoke detectors as a vapor. Yeah, it's not going to. It doesn't doesn't work. I I do it all the time. So (laughs) I had that that girlfriend of mine who hooked me on Jewel, I remember was traveling to Asia at one point and I, I was like, you know, I do. I, I, she, I was like, hey, what are you going to do on your 17 hour flight to wherever the fuck? It's and scary. she was like, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm nervous about it. And then she came back and I said, like, what did you do? And she said, oh, I obviously vaped. <laughs> <laughs> nice. And I was like, ooh, <laughs> broke through. I, did, I wouldn't want to get arrested in whatever country you were landing in. But like, mm-hmm. ooh. <laughs> well, it, it's particularly difficult with the masks, too, because you have to like do a double infraction. So you have to oh you have to get gosh. like the the, co- the coke, and so had to have your mask off uh, again. Yeah. I've, I've been flying from DC to Long Beach several times, so I've, I was I've given the last too time I thought was flying was last month, and like I fell asleep, I guess while have while having like a drink on the plane, and my mask was down, and it was the first time actually since COVID started that I was woken up by the flight attendant, and she said like. One of the other passengers has complained that you're not wearing the mask, and I was oh, like, "Ooh, wow. which one?" I had no idea. I know. Well, actually, <laughs> she did make a mistake by pointing to the person, and I was like, oh, "You really probably shouldn't have done that." Actually, as a fellow Democrat of a sort, I, on, on the COVID stuff, I, I, Ileana and I were talking about this the other day, maybe yesterday. I was probably drunk at the time too, but. Mm-hmm. Um, has has COVID as a Democrat made you more uncomfortable or more homeless in the cliche sense? Like it, it there's a there's a I have a feeling that people that I vote with generically, well and literally, um, are not making sense in public in a way that is so obvious to me. Yeah. like it it things change every day and you know there, there's new it's just a stupid point but there's new science every day and right. it, it's it feels obvious to me that like I, I 
I, I mean, I don't know what the Republican position on this stuff is, but it, it feels obvious to me that like masks were gone a, a while ago. They should not be in schools. Like five day, like a week ago, right. DC changed. Now I can go to all the stores without masks. I was at you know visiting apartments today. No one needed them, and that that is a change that has happened in like the last week. And that is extremely grating on me uh, with people I agree <laughs> with. But when I talk to them about this, they I, I've never met someone who agrees. Like, oh well, there, there's been new science, so. We made a we made right. a I mean, change it seems like the science on the masks was in doubt for a while, like for the first year or something like that. But it wasn't that like the the masks mostly, especially like outdoor. I mean, remember remember in the beginning yeah. of this when they were screaming at joggers for not wearing masks and shit. Oh, yeah. Like <laughs> there was a lot of and like the the uh, yes. So the answer to your question is is I find that a lot of the left now has entered into the anti-science part that, that we they were making that like they were making fun of the republicans for in the beginning mm-hmm. that like now it's uh-huh. changed it's like a little wacky but i also honestly do think that like the truth is is the majority of americans something like 70 percent, have all had the same opinion about this which is like when it was in doubt everyone was willing to make these things yeah. to not get it and they are also vaccinated and all this stuff but that also there is a point that they don't want to live with these. I don't want to live with them and I'm not going to do it just for funsies. Like there's no. Yeah. Like, I mean, Ileana, your kids, uh, I, I, she she will occasionally send me emails from schools. So I live in Seattle. Yes. Which Um, is ostensibly in the United States. And, uh, but not really. Yeah. Your oldest still has to wear a mask outside. No. So my, my kids, like my my kid goes to a private school um as soon as you know i've been talking to the principal asked him like oh wh- what are you thinking about the mask he's like well as soon as the uh, the governor lifts the order yeah i can't wait to get masks off the campus right. two days later when it became clear that the governor was going to give the order the following week you know an email goes out saying oh no no we've consulted our pandemic safety team and the answer is absolutely not. We will not unmask these elementary school kids outside. Their recess is at a park. We will not unmask them at the park, and they can still not use the playground for some reason. Like, imagine what his, what, like, so presumably I would imagine a lot of that came from the teacher students, right? That, like, have, like, looked like such idiots over the last, oh, well, I guess you go to a private school. So, I mean, so maybe it's not even that. But, like, yeah. the teacher unions have obviously, like, played a role in that exact sort of thing of like this anti-science but then also like i love my mom more than anything in the world but also like my mom is one of these liberals who watches everything and also like she'll never stop with these masks she thinks that like you know that everything that says it's not that you don't need a mask is now fake <laughs> like, like how how literally do, do you mean that like do, do, will she never stop with it because the thing that's the grading uh, again yeah. I, have de- I have details like so this may need to be removed but like the head of the school Ileana like you've met with him and he was like oh we don't need to wear these we're inside um. <laughs> oh yeah, when he and I met in an enclosed like ten by twelve office with a with the windows closed. Yeah, he and I met, and right. he was like, "Oh no, you can take your mask off if you want." I was like, "Okay," but the children outside at a park 
can't. I mean, outside doesn't make any like out that that has it been clear did. for that you don't get it outside essentially. Like as long as you aren't spitting no. in someone's mouth outside, like it's it's basically like fine. Well, even if you were spitting yeah, in someone's so- mouth. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well. <laughs> it is it is. I mean, it is like I do feel bad for those like remember like two years ago or something when I guess it's two years ago yesterday or something that all started. But like, remember when there was like social media videos of people sh- screaming out their windows like, put a mask on. Yeah. How yeah. dare you? Or like then they were like, they've gone to the beach. Those kids went to the beach. And like someone has those people at Apology like that. They. Yeah. No one's ever gotten it from outside. <laughs> it's not something you'd get outside. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so so is this like is this fear are people still afraid or like is this ritual like once you've instituted a ritual people will just hold on to it because they feel like they're doing the right thing it gives them comfort it gives them purpose yeah. like w- what is going on also i mean there's an identity thing with it right of like i am the um, one who is social i'm the one who cares enough to do something Bad people didn't do something, so I now must keep doing something yeah. to sh- like maintain that. But also, like we're all vaccinated. If you're vaccinated now, like and like boosted and all this stuff, like there isn't anything else to do. Like, like we're all no, no, th- yeah, there really isn't. And I don't. Anyway, I like that's that's been a that I'm I teach little kids, so that's been like that that has been uh, affecting my mental health a lot for the past couple of years because my two to five year olds are masked and oh, really uh, yeah in Ugh. like like look and see in in the pacific northwest the um uh, the impetus towards righteousness is so strong that even yeah. though like the official guidance was not compulsory mask wearing under five they were just recommending them for ages two to five all the parents, every single parent is like giving their two-year-old shit, their toddler shit for right, like I mean, those two-year-olds were not wearing N95 masks properly. Like they didn't do Who looks wearing them saying? properly? Like even when they wear them, like it's it's not doing anything, right? Um, what it's actually doing. <laughs> like it's, it's, it's not. It's just they get like, you know, booger logged. Right, uh, and then they'd like rub them over everything because they're little kids. So it's right, yeah. I mean, of course. And yeah. then also, you, it's entered into this weird area where like now people are so mad at each other for the last two years, and for like the like like people that I know who are really you know liberals who still are doing all of this, genuinely think that there are people who you know like who who weren't who weren't as cautious as everyone else was for the last two years, who genuinely think that they have blood on their hands, like who, and then you have conservatives who who didn't do it, who are genuinely upset about being called murderers. And like, Mm -hmm. people are going to forget that both these two sides are going to now argue about this forever. And we're going to be trapped in this sort of like fight about it. Like it does seem like, Exactly like what you're saying, that, like, we've really passed the point where these fights m- had any substantive real real thing about them. Like, once the vaccines were largely available to everyone, that seems to have happened. Like, and yet, yeah. now it's like, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I was very much against, like, the conservatives, it doesn't matter at all in the beginning, and Trump and all that stuff. But now it's turned so much that... 
the other uh, way. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's all signaling. It's some weird, like. Yeah, totally. totally. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah. There's the homelessness. Like, uh-huh. the, the, to, uh, as a point to my libertarian. Political homelessness. As, yeah. as a point to my libertarian. No, I got it. I, I do. <laughs> as a point to my libertarian friends, like, it, it feels, it feels like, like when I go home to see my parents, like the the Democratic Party feels like that to me. It's like I I don't live there. I bring my own shampoo when I go. Um, <laughs> yeah. But oh. where else am I going to go? Like, right. I mean, that's over. Like, I thought about becoming a Republican just in name only, sort of, when I moved to Idaho because I was like, well, like, there's no point in have, being a Democrat here. That they don't win any. You know, there's no. And I was like, well, maybe like a smart thing to do would become a Republican and I'll vote for at least the saner Republican in the primary. You know, like. Like mm-hmm. maybe, and I I don't know. Like I literally have like an FDR tattoo on my back, so it feels weird to like be someone who Wait, becomes a Republican. It doesn't say FDR. It says "Sunflowers die in November," which is an FDR re-election slogan from when he was going against Alf Landon from the Sunflower State of Kansas. But like that's how strongly like Statist. I, I, Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> can, can, are, can you be a Jew and have that? <laughs> FDR FDR loves Jews. Okay, he was from New York. <laughs> no, no, I mean that you're you're breaking a commandment in the Torah, but uh, oh, oh, right, because of yes. the oh, yes. well, I'm not that Jewish, right? Let's 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 how how, how uh, Ileana, should I go there? You go there, why not? How how Jewish are you? I mean, I'm I'm a I'm a hollywood cultural secular jew i i like glotkas and i like i like talking about all the things i've gone to i go to i go to the i go to various holidays once in a while once in a while and uh you know i wasn't bar mitzvah like some some extremist but like (laughs) 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 yeah the 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 our our friends that are in this group of weird people, like it, it also over indexes for Jews. And yeah. Ileana and I have, a, I, I am one. You're more of a Jew than I am. What does that uh, mean? I've never, I've never You're gone circumcised. To... Well, I, I'm, I'm, I'm more of a Jew than her. In that case. Hopefully not, right, Covenant yeah. with God. <laughs> no, I've, I've never, I've never gone to synagogue. Uh, I've never gone to a service, but, um, but you did you know, on you did in Long Beach. You went to Shabbat. Yeah, yes. it is true. Servant. That's okay. Fair enough. Fair. That's a good point. It's a very rabbinic point. You're right. Yes. Um, <laughs> yeah. I also have a tattoo. Um, yeah, but uh, I mean, the Jews aren't no. First of all, I don't. I'm not even sure Jews believe in heaven. Don't we believe in some weird thing where you go to sleep underground and or something? I, I don't. Really yeah, remember. and then the when the Messiah comes, everyone wakes up and walks to Jerusalem together. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's it's all very. But like, I I definitely think that like you know what all of the religions at their best points, the most liberal versions of them are all basically like, look, if you meant well, you'll be fine. Like, like do your best. And yeah, I was, I was reading, I, was, I just, before we started recording, <laughs> I was reading your, your piece where you were on your Substack where you were an angel. Oh, right. Yeah. And uh, so that, that is at the top of mind. I, I, I mean, are, are you an atheist? No. I, I I don't I'm not an I am agnostic. I'm not an atheist. I'm a secular Jew agnostic type. Like it see I don't believe strongly in this stuff, but 
And that's one of the reasons I'm not an atheist. I don't believe strongly in it. But I think that there's nice lessons in religion. Mm-hmm. And that I think that there's a chance some of it's right. But I think that I don't believe in the sort of militant versions of of it where it's um, exclusionary, really. Yeah. Well, um, but well, yeah, the militant bit, uh, like, do you believe there's a God? There might be God. I don't know. Okay. There might be. Yeah, that's that's a very uh, like pendulette type of agnosticism where yeah. it's like, yeah, yeah, it's like you you know you want to maintain an open mind and you can apply reason to these possibilities that right. we can't disprove, which makes them unscientific. But we right, also and like, can't yeah, exactly. Them, like so. if you had if I had to bet, if you put a gun to my head, I had to like bet on red or black. No, there's not a god. <laughs> but like, well, but, the, but the Big Bang. That, that where did the Big Bang come from? It could be there. Or he, he, she. I don't fucking know where it fucking came from. (laughs) As someone at CERN, I have no idea where it came from. But that's the other part is like, one of the reasons I don't think I'm atheist is that like, because they do just seem to have also a certainty about it. I have no certainty about it. And I was once on a plane to Los Angeles, to Burbank Airport in LA, and I was sitting next to this guy and he started chatting up me. And he, not that he wanted to fuck me or anything, but like he was like talking and, and I had to talk to him. And he said, he was like, I'm going to L.A. for the atheist convention or some shit. And yeah. I was like, oh, and he was like, so you an atheist, buddy? And I said, <laughs> no, I'm a Jew. And he looked at me and said, oh, don't worry. I love Jews. A lot of our lawyers are Jews. Atheists. And love I was what? Like, I know. And I was like, yeah, I hate you. <laughs> You're a big, sir. <laughs> He's a big Sam Harris fan. <laughs> It is funny that I actually know a number of people who I, I don't know. Like I, I, Sam Harris's podcast, I've only listened to a few times, but it's one of the only podcasts that I ever listened to, which is just a man giving his speech. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, like he like he writes out the the like thought and then delivers it, and I'm like, oof, you're just you wrote this out as your thing. And I guess like those are the last types of podcasts I normally ever hear. Yeah. <laughs> so it's it's always sort of caught me of like he. I, hmm. I have a very soft spot for him because like he is. He's responsible for why I'm not a lunatic Democrat. Like the and we, we there's we've had many discussions about this the Sam Harris Ben Affleck thing on Bill Maher. I don't, I don't, oh, I don't even know about okay. that. Okay, um, Sam and Bill were talking about um, there was some conversation about Islam going on, and and Sam was making some points about Islam, and Ben in his like roided up Batman phase and it jumped in on them that they were being gross and racist. Oh, I think I do remember. Yeah. He, he said that. like, he said yeah. like it was something like liberals should support liberal principles, like freedom of speech and all Unless this stuff. Unless it's in Saudi Arabia. Yeah. Which, which by the way, I need yeah. a shout out to Saudi Arabia. They released, um, a, a, someone who I care about today. Um, Raif Badawi, a blogger who was uh, imprisoned and lashed and is a good dude uh, was released today. And also 81 people were executed. Uh, saw the thing that, that was the headline I saw. Yeah. They were like, and also the headline that I saw made it sound like they were bragging about it. There was like Saudi Arabia claims to have killed 81. Yeah. <laughs> like it was, yeah. it was like, check our stats. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and my roommate in college was um like, uh, a gay Muslim from Pakistan, and he was like, uh, he was a practicing Muslim, but he was also gay, and so he'd had a very hard life, you know, mm-hmm. like in Lahore. 
And so he went to NYU, where you go when you're uh, like an artsy gay <laughs> to come. Yeah. And like so sure. our apartment was always adorned with like his art, which was always like, you know, on the subject of sexuality, but also had had like Muslim overtones and stuff like that. And I remember used to asking him like, so like, so what do you think about this? Like, it must be difficult, I guess. Do you believe in? Right, and right. he was basically like, you know, he had like a very, I guess, enlightened view of it of like, well, you know, I really hope that they're not right about gays going being wrong. <laughs> like, no. like I don't. He was yeah. like, I think it, it's bad and stuff like that. But he, he, he talked about the beauty of the culture and the beauty of all this. Yeah. But it has always. I've always thought that he had a really like, because also I went to college right in the era when when it was really popular for there was like God is not great that book out the Dawkins book was out you know there was like yeah. there was that era of like pop cultural um like new atheism, atheism going on yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I remember the I was four, always, the four horsemen uh who was it yeah <laughs> Dawkins Harris Hitchens and uh, Dawkins and Harris and Hitchens Dennett. Was the oh yeah, yeah Daniel Dennett yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> but also I mean like the other thing is it's one of those ser- extreme situations of Literally, this doesn't matter what I think. Like, like, there's no point in me freaking out about this. If I'm wrong, and it turns out there is, doesn't have I, 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 I have to let Jesus take the wheel here, or science, <laughs> or something, because like I got nothing. Well, Je- <laughs> nothing. Mm. Jesus taking the wheel is an interesting bit, but like, I mean, Ben, <laughs> ben Dreyfus, the angel. Like, I, I mean, I would think it matters. It, it should matter but a don't lot you do that to you. Too. Like the premise of that piece is that like every time we meet someone, we decide good or bad. Mm-hmm. You know, that like you make a decision of like you've done. No one thinks that. I mean, well, maybe lunatics do. But like I know that I have sinned in my life and that like I don't think that makes me a bad person. I think that like it means I've made mistakes and but I've tried to grow from them and I've tried to blah, 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 blah. That's everyone else mm. too, mostly except for like maybe Hitler. But like. <laughs> Yeah, or like in general, that's the test of like, have you done, have you tried to be good? Yeah. And if you have, then, well, that's all that I can ask of you. You know, like, yeah. um, if I was an angel, I would let in beautiful people. Physically? I would, it would be, yeah. Oh, yeah. Heaven would be just one big suck. Who who is the ugliest, who is the ugliest person that you would let in? Well... (laughs) I don't think there are any. I mean, like a seven. <laughs> as long as they, I, 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 I don't know. I, I, they're models. Yeah, still, like they have, or they, or they have skills that are relevant. When, when a long time ago, in like the early '90s, we went to the Vatican to the John Paul the. Second. I wanted to ask about this. Go ahead. Yeah, so he like apologized to Jews for the Vatican not stopping the Holocaust. Was that small talk? No, it was a big thing. It was like a big was deal. Big like they were like, he's like, hi, hi, sm- big, hi small like, Ben. I apologize biting. for the Holocaust. <laughs> they would know. And like, well, he spoke Latin, so I didn't understand what he said, but like <laughs> he, they, it was like, there was this big concert and all these things and blah, blah, blah. And John Paul the second, like said some shit to me in Latin that I didn't understand. <laughs> and he blessed me. And then we like laughed and, I remember that my dad's girlfriend at the time was a lapsed Catholic. And she, as we were going there, she was like, oh, Catholics. 
you know, like, <laughs> and because she had like got, re, re, you know, rebelled against her parents or whatever and not been it. But then, so none of us were, my father, my sister, and I were not moved by this in any sort of like emotional way. We were just like, cool. It was nice being in the Sistine Chapel. But we walked out and Laura, the the former had like walked out and she looked at me like she had suddenly like her eyes were filled with the holy spirit <laughs> and said to me wow i love god like she had like it had really like whatever had gone on whatever whatever that moment had meant more to her and she just like really was down for it but i've always thought it was really funny because i've always imagined that i don't know what he said to me but because it was in latin but <laughs> i've always imagined that what he said was look if we're right you go you go to heaven too if if you're if the Jews are wrong, Catholics are right. I'm saying you get to go to heaven. <laughs> <laughs> so I've always rooted for the Catholics. Is number two silver medal. Well, if he says so, then I imagine you do get to go there. <laughs> that's that's what I argue too. I mean, he's the voice of God, apparently, yes. according to Catholics. Yes. Also, yeah, Catholicism I mean, I and Judaism the, are pretty uh, similar. There's a lot of guilt. They're all they are all lapsed. Yeah. <laughs> also, true. the Catholics have a beautiful art. You know, they have stained glass windows. They're gorgeous. Yeah, like Shia, Shia Muslims have it too. There's like an aesthetic that is very appealing. But we're not allowed to see those. Like we're not allowed to go into Mecca. They're not allowed to let yeah. people like us. In well, the, yeah. Yeah, the, I hear the, the, the Shia aren't allowed there either, I imagine. But um, oh, really? yeah, well, but there, there's a, Someone there's a, very, there's a like it. mournful like aesthetic. It's like we've been losing for so long that. I don't know. There's there's a sad, there's a sadness there that is is very like an Arthur Miller play. Sure, I, I of, it sounds yeah. a bit like oh, <laughs> looking back on the youth. Like I don't well, know. no, it's, it's like being being a minority in a larger majority context. Yes, yeah. The, yeah. There's some, there's something there that I can appreciate, but um. then there's a lot of other religions. I mean, ones that I don't know anything about. Did people always nod and say, "Yeah, I'm a Sikh," and you're like, oh. "Yeah, that yeah." Everyone, lo- everyone loves Sikhs. Se- everyone loves Sikhs. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They think they, they have great. like a they have I, a good rap. Yeah, no, no yeah. one knows. Yeah, no one, no one gets, But yeah, yeah there's no just, terrorists. I don't think. Maybe there are. Maybe there are. Yeah. 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 Um. Uh, there, okay. There's a couple things I want to hit. Um. We've been. It's been ninety minutes, so it's going up. French about, goodbye time. Yeah, All right. so, <laughs> um, so Ileana has a Substack as well. Um, she's a, a very good writer. It has not been monetized. Um, I I I've been paying you since you started your Substack. Good. You've been getting money from me, so you're you're welcome. Um, Thank you. And yeah, so, I, I I paid you for a while and then I stopped. So um, take oh, that as well. Thank <laughs> you a little. It, <laughs> I'm, I'm still automatically paying you. Um, so I'm gonna hit I'm gonna hit two things here that are relevant. Um, the first is that uh, you and I have something in common in that we were both involuntarily held under psychiatric um, hold. <laughs> Didn't know that was where we were going with this. Well, but, okay. well, but also we're going to talk about sub- monetizing one's writing and whether oh, that is an okay. ego thing and, and what exactly a founding member of Ben Dreyfus's Substack means. Um, oh, a founding yeah, member? Yeah, it's it's the very exclusive. Yeah. So the, I do remember. there's that because I want Ileana to monetize her writing because it's very good. But also, um, since we were both held 
in hospitals for psychiatric reasons, um, which I think was your first post. It was one, yeah, one of the first. It was. Yeah. Um, yeah. My, my question about that um, is, was that good? Like, like were, were how, however <laughs> that happened, I, like, I don't know the details in the lead up, but. Oh, I mean, I'll tell you what happened. Okay. Uh, I, um, in 2016, had relapsed into this drug that I had been taking when I, I had gone to rehab for when I was 18 years old for a pill that, that like, had made me go manic and crazy. What was it? And in 2016, if you don't want me asking, what was the Ambien. pill? Ambien. Okay. It's Ambien. Yeah, I take that now. Um, Ambien, like, uh, I got into a bunch of car accidents when I was a teenager on it, and it sort of, like, it triggers this thing in my brain that makes me go, I don't have a normal reaction to it. Like, I stay okay. up. And I start to think I'm God, like, um, and I had gone to rehab for it when I was 18 years old and I hadn't taken it again or done cocaine or anything like that for, I'd been, I had been drinking and things like that, but I had not been like using, um, until 2016. And then I did start taking Ambien again. And that spiraled off into this world of like me being a, like a manic psychopath and, uh, basically through, you know, the thin and the thicket, like I tried to kill myself in uh, September of 2016. And then because I was also going crazy, mm-hmm. called the, like the police on myself to get someone who was trying to stop me thrown out of my apartment so that I could. And so I was taken to uh, an ER. And uh, when you go in through the ER, it has special rules about what they're allowed to do in New York yeah. to keep you there. Mm-hmm. And so I woke up uh, in Beth Israel, I think it was, and uh, in a suicide ward. And then was there for about six or seven or eight days or something like that, right in the run up to the 2016 election. And I got out and agreed to go to uh, an inpatient um, in Harvard for which my wealthy father paid for uh-huh. and uh then got out of it um the friday before the 2016 election and flew back to new york that night and threw a party for all the journalists in new york at a bar that they didn't know why it was for because i said like it's a goodbye party to the election but in reality it was a um ben out of the clink Jeez. award and after everyone left, except for like 10 people, I was sitting there at this table and I was telling them about, you know, the the travails of being in a loony bin. And there was this girl there who worked for The Guardian. And she said, someone pointed at her and said, like, you know, she doesn't know you. Like, she didn't have any background on this. She was a stranger, essentially. And I looked and I said, oh, I guess I shouldn't. Oh, uh, well, fuck it. It doesn't matter. And I continued on with the story about my struggles. Mm-hmm. And... Blah, 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 everything goes on. And a few months later, I got this email from her that said, hey, I know like we don't know each other well, but there was this moment at this bar on Friday and before the election where you recognized that I didn't know you and, and you were going to stop, but then you didn't and you kept talking about it and you were transparent about it. And she was like, it meant the world to me because actually like I had just gotten out Oof. and had been uncomfortable to even tell anyone about these things. And like your openness about it made me feel more comfortable about it. And so I then felt like by quite by accident, like I hadn't done it intentionally, but like, oh, I did a nice thing by like inspiring people to talk about their problems. Um, and so have been tried to be open about it ever since. Yeah. Um, 
but yeah, no, it was, it sucked. It was awful to be in there it, going in Beth Israel, that, that, that ward in there, people, their names were, you know, Boston because they'd been arrested in Boston. Like it was people that every people brought me a bunch of magazines and then the magazines were stolen by my roommate who jerked off in them. And they told me they did. The nurses were like, you don't want these magazines back. This man has jerked off in all of your Atlantics. Yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, the fact that I'm mentioning this is actually due to you. So like, I appreciate that you, you shared that because it, it was, I mean, it, it lasted like 24 hours for me. Like I was, I was in and out. Uh, so you're a rookie bitch. Well, you're I, like going to a drug rehab for being for weed. Well, no, I I I, <laughs> I take Ambien now. I was I was not taking drugs at the time. So you are the bitch. I, I, no. I was clean and put in there, but uh, so you just had a normal psychiatric breakdown. Well, yeah, I was just I was having suicidal thoughts that were very made very explicit to people who were close to me. Um, but I, I don't know whether I feel that that should have happened or, I mean, I, I can't run the counterfactual that like, if it didn't happen, I would still be here and like be good, which I, I mean, it, right. You can never run a counterfactual. Yeah, I mean, it happened like it happened, uh, 30, it was like 15 years ago. So, and was very brief, but, um, it's not something I openly share, but, it, uh, it's not. It doesn't feel. It's not embarrassing in the same way anymore. Or, I mean, I remember in two thousand, like prior to all of this, this the actual the thing that happened in twenty sixteen. Um, I I have like gone through mental things my entire life, and in two thousand eight or nine, I had uh, you know, gone off my meds for the first time, and I was had no job, and I had failed in Hollywood, and I was very isolated and alone, and I was having these panic attacks all the time. And like, I knew I was crumbling down. There had been this like incident that had gone on. I had PTSD from it. And the only person I knew I could call very oddly was Carrie Fisher. And I called her and left her this message that said like, Hey, Carrie, like you don't know me that well. We, we, we know each other. You've seen me a lot since I was a child, but I haven't seen you in five years, but I know that you're a fucking bipolar psychotic. Mm -hmm. And I'm not doing great. And like, I need, uh, would you just call me back? And she, she called me back the next day. And I was in a cab in Beverly Hills. And she says like, hey, what's going on? And I sort of described this breaking down that I was having. And she said, yeah, oof. well, I'll tell you what I did, which is I started taking these antipsychotics that, that, you know, stop me from doing, and she was like, you should tell the cab to go directly to a doctor and ask for that. It'll minimum calm you down. Like it'll save you from this day and like whatever's going on this week. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was very sweet and I did do exactly that and then went and, and got it. And when then she died, I remember thinking that like, she had been so open and nice to, like I did know her, but I didn't know her that well. I knew her as like my, my father's friend and she, must have. I, I like to imagine, like, from her perspective, she woke up that morning, had a message from a friend she hadn't seen in a while's son who she hadn't seen in a very long time, saying some insane, like, I'm not doing great story. And she called that person back and then said, here's my own medication. Like, yeah. don't be afraid to go to the doctor. Mm-hmm. And she was so open about it and, like, how to 
to deal with it, but I was always sort of like inspired by that. So if if you got um, that call now, you would you would I imagine do similar. Probably. I mean, I don't check my messages a lot, but and I definitely <laughs> would feel weird if if I checked my message about someone three weeks before and they're dead already. But oh, <laughs> I would gosh. if I knew what it was. If I knew what what it was, yeah, I would answer. And say that. It, yeah, it feels. Yeah. It, but I'm just saying, it feels easier to talk about. And again, I'm crediting you for this because I, I don't, I don't know that I told even Ileana about this before I had mm-hmm. read that. But yeah, it was it was a very weird experience. I, I don't know. I still don't know whether I think it's good that that is a thing that can be done to a person, like to be put there in that way but like i I, I got out very easily so it i didn't i didn't feel it's weird law i mean the legal question about it is 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 interesting like you know i mean there's a lot of very uh, about questions like that i think on a personal level it is just always helpful to like I don't. I mean, not always helpful. I'm sure I would actually have probably a better career if I had never talked about any of this stuff. But like, <laughs> but like, it's just it costs a lot of psychic energy not to talk about it. And like yeah. the fact that it does inspire things that like it's well, you know. People always say that like one of the things that they tell you when you're young is that well, you should think before you speak. And basically, what they're telling you is that you might have some evil thoughts inside. <laughs> you need to keep them to yourself. Mm. And like, honestly, like. As someone who's never been good at thinking before I speak, I think that, you know, one thing you can at least know is I've told you the worst parts. This is all there is. There's no deep, dark plan. <laughs> yeah. To- yeah. Um, I've, I have never been, uh, you know, held in a psychiatric institution, but. Um, Get on our level. You know, as. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. You, know, I, the I nice mean, I, you can get there. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I have time. Uh, I, I considered it, yeah. I, um, I became a mother and um, completely went off the rails. And that, like, it's particularly difficult to share as, like, a middle-class yeah. white lady that, you know, sometimes, you know, I would wish I had never had children. Uh, I resented my right. precious baby. Uh, I would fantasize about getting in the car and driving away, never to be seen again. Um, you know, I mean, that's that, and that's you know, and I love my children. I did even at that time, but you know, I couldn't. Uh, right, I mean, and that's like such a common thing, but there is like the stigma against it about like what you're talking about, why you wouldn't talk, but like it's and it's something that like we now know from like studies, like is really common. Like you shouldn't feel embarrassed about it at all. Yeah, like, yes. but you do like it's it's hard to look i mean look when i called my doctor and i realized i needed help i called my primary care and uh as i was making the call i was like i know there is a chance they might report me and i might lose my kids yeah and you know like that was like clear never you know the case like in my state i couldn't assess whether that was you know a real concern or not um you know never was but um but but yeah but the more i talk about it to other parents the more i hear the same and you right. don't hear it otherwise right like unless you open with it people people aren't gonna share and then you feel like you're totally crazy because you're the only one yeah um yeah. we all like live alone in our heads yeah and like yeah. 
it's just that like in the moment where then someone does do it you go oh well, actually we've all been quietly having all these, all these exactly. things exactly yeah it's we're so strange together in this. we're all victims of the stigmas of these that even when yeah. it's not affecting like whoever it's that everyone else goes oh wait i can finally admit i thought i was a lunatic for forever because i have yeah totally mm. well yeah. we, we, so, we, i think we were lunatics <laughs> well everyone's a lunatic so that's the story of life right is like we're all everyone is crazy like ev- everyone's crazy in their own way. There's no one who actually isn't crazy. Mm. Just they're crazy in some way that. Well, they're crazy. They're they, crazy because they're able to keep it private, uh, and. Mm. Or I mean, but again, like that's not a good thing necessarily. No. Like they're maybe that they've kept it at bay so it's not actionable. Yeah. yeah. It, well, it's like, sure. are you are you this? Sure. It, yeah, I I often think that about non-crazy people. It's like, are you this normal that there's nothing going on that is weird? Um, I, I don't know. Or if, are you just very good at like projecting? Yeah, right. I, I, I always like d- with even yeah, with very close friends. Tell. Like I dig because I imagine there has to be something like there that is being hidden. But right, I mean, I know I know people who do that too. Who are like that's their they they do that like socially as their conversational thing of like I'm gonna find it, and yeah. like I'm uh, I'm the exact opposite. Where I'm like I'm not a nosy Parker. I'm gonna let you wait and to tell me. But I always think about this line in um the. Uh, play Hurley Burley by David Rabe where one of the characters to spoil it for you drives off kills himself in the third part in the third act and they're describing it and he had driven off Mulholland in LA and they talk about it as like look it's just a flick of the wheel yeah uh, like for one moment uh, and one sadness that person said uh, and just flicked the wheel and it like it doesn't doesn't say anything necessarily about them entirely like the the all, all of it, but in that moment, that's what happened. Yeah, yeah. And it's a true sort of like thing about you only ever hear about it then in the moments when the person flicked the wheel there. But like that thought, that thought of flicking the wheel, right, is the same reason why people feel uncomfortable standing near a subway line because they are worried not that they're going to get pushed; they're worried they're going to jump. Like it, it's it, it's like a universal sort of like I don't know. It's all very strange. Yeah, yeah, it's it's weird. I mean, it, or in my case, it was like stepping off a ledge. And to say that you didn't step off the ledge, it's like okay, well, nothing happens. <laughs> so, but uh, but yeah, but, but the line but, is so thin. Yeah, but it's but so porous. But I was there. Yeah. Um, and you might trip when you're on the ledge. That's the real fear. Where you go, I don't want to do it. Oh, uh, oddly, no. oddly, I didn't think about that. Like I, I do often think about like dying in an anecdote. Like I think it's very important to die in an anecdote um, because it's a good story. But it w- yeah, you want to at least give people the rhetoric win. Yeah, it's like that they can use you for rhetoric. I, I was suicidal, yeah. but then like my shoelaces were tied, or I slipped on a banana peel, and yeah, yeah. Um, Okay, uh, we should probably arrive at a last point. Um, sure, okay. Is that, here, can, do I get can, it or do you get it? Or does Ben get it? Well, uh, well, I, I, if that's okay, I was going to introduce uh, just a, a question from one of our fifthm friends. Okay, so the question to you is, fuck, Mary, kill, Welch, Moynihan, Camille. <laughs> Kill Moynihan. I mean, I don't want to fuck or marry either. Any, I'm straight. I don't want to. <laughs> but, but we kill Moynihan, right? <laughs> I mean, I feel like killing Moynihan, he'll definitely like 
be down. He'll find the humor in it while I'm plunging the knife in. Like he'll okay. he'll, he'll he'll be down. He'll he'll go well. Huh. Yeah. <laughs> Camille Camille will okay. want to be killed because it will be like some anti anti racist point. Yeah, he'll have written the point in advance. Yes, and what right. I mean, I think we marry Welch. I, yeah, everyone marries <laughs> yeah. Welch. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. <laughs> okay, so I, I guess we're fucking Camille and killing Moynihan and Marion Welch. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> he, 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 he's not going to go on the record. That's okay. okay. That's. I'm not. I, I, I'm yeah. not good at this. At this fuck Barry kill game, especially uh, from uh, Hasidic uh, uh, Jewish uh, uh, women. <laughs> you can't handle it. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Ben, you've been so lovely. Thank you. Oh no, thank you guys for having me. Oh, 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 no, no, no. I got one last question. Okay. Okay, so okay. the the reason that I was able to DM you because they're closed, your DMs are closed, is because you posted something about um you wanted to start a podcast and you were you had questions right. about like production or whatever. And Ileana re- replied and like hollered at me and our friend Mickey, who's better than me. And who's act- actually an audio engineer. Yes, an audio engineer and like produces hip hop beats and shit, apparently. Um, are you going to start a podcast? What will it be about? Yeah, I am. And it's starting at the end of this month. Woo-hoo! And it's going to be me interviewing one person a week. Um, like nice. just a, like a normal thing about that. I haven't figured out the name of it yet, but um, I'll think of something though. And I'll, I'll, you'll, all, you'll all see because I inevitably have to tweet all of my thoughts um, and then delete them so yeah, we, yeah we've noticed it's all yeah <laughs> you, you have the strangest ephemeral twitter it, it's that is that do, you, do your tweets auto delete or do you manually do it no they do auto delete but the service that i use is sometimes like unreliable because you have to re-log in all the time yeah. and so sometimes like i noticed a few days ago that like it hadn't done it in a month and I had to re-log in and I deleted all of them. The reason why is because people used to constantly be finding these old tweets of mine and then being like, oh, we're going to kill you because you said something 2007, 2019 or whatever it was. And so I was like, you know what? Let's just get rid of all of them. But I have a copy of all of them. My, uh, they save, they auto-update for me. So I, I do have, and one time I was going to pay my brother when he was unemployed. I was like, I'll give you some money to go through hundreds of thousands of tweets and find the good ones. And uh, <laughs> the thing is that like, that doesn't even make sense. Like there's, it's, they're also context views. Yeah. Uh, so you need like yeah. an ex post facto editor of your tweets to mine. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but you do. Cause like there are people who just publish books of tweets. And I was like, God, that seems like a nice way of making some money. Like yeah, but you <laughs> do, you, you do this weird thing where you, I, I don't remember if this is on Twitter or on Substack, but you're like, take screenshots because everything will be deleted. And so I, yeah, have had to do that occasionally. Um, but also, aren't you impressed by the people who take screenshots and then can find them? Because, like, I can take fucking screenshots, too. But then there's screenshot 17824-8. Yeah. But there are people who take screenshots and then title them Ben Kill Horse. Or, like, whatever it yeah. is. Like, like they, they then make it searchable. And I'm always very impressed. I, I, have, a, I have a Ben Kill Horse folder. <laughs> <laughs> But um, Ben, thank you very, very much for accepting my drunken uh, request that you come here. Of course, thank you guys so much for having me. This was a lot of fun. Thank you, Ben. Yeah, and if I may say, as a as a 
there's a Jewish lady. You're a sweetheart. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's a militant atheist. You are, you are a sweetheart as well. <laughs> if you like this episode, please rate, subscribe, and tell your friends. My stuff, you like this. They're going to subscribe. <laughs> <laughs>